Welcome to the Side of the Desk podcast hosted by Fidelity Jobs and the Fidelity Women's Leadership Group. We are here to have deep discussions on the authentic experience of being a working professional in today's ever-changing workforce. Welcome to the Side of the Desk podcast. Today, we're talking about icebreakers, hopefully, that don't suck. It's a new year. We've got new introductions, new jobs, lots of career movement happening. End of year, we're starting off with new teams, and we really want to jump into how do you introduce yourself to the new team, and really what comes with that are icebreakers. It's a great subject here for us to talk about as it's relevant to everybody who's starting a new job or on a new team. I really want to start talking about what are icebreakers and giving some fun examples of them. For me, icebreakers are when you're going around talking about uh, something about yourself, something personal that people may not know or something that might make everybody laugh. But they can be awkward, especially if you're virtual or hybrid or just a little anxious about talking. Far, I want to start with you. What is your favorite icebreaker? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like I've gotten a few really solid icebreaker questions that have made me think. One of them being, what is the favorite scar that I've ever had and how did I get it? (laughs) And that was always a really interesting question to ask because you got to hear about some of the like wildest adventures people had been on, whether they were children or older. I also feel like um, another great one that I recently heard was, you know, if I was any kind of food or drink, what would I be? I think that just, you know, gets you talking about your personality and who you are and convey that. Yeah, I think the purpose of an icebreaker is to be a little fun, to give your new team or a new group that you might be working with an insight into who you are, what you like to do, and and just kind of showcase a fun aspect of a question you might not think about all of the time. So something like, what kind of food or drink would you be? Or I like the one where it's like, what is your screen background? And is there a story behind that? Uh, My screen background is a picture that I took of the Great Barrier Reef when I was visiting my sister uh, while she studied abroad. And that always gets some questions sometimes when I share my screen. And that's a nice thing for me to be able to share. Oh, I visited my sister. I took this picture. Look at me. My picture's so good. (laughs) But then it invites, you know, more conversation about travel. And it's a really great way to open that door for more connection with a team. Another one that I've heard is share two personal, share two professional things. So that's less of an icebreaker, but it's a little bit more structured than share a fun fact about yourself, because I think everyone can agree sharing a fun fact is so hard. (laughs) When when we think about like worst icebreakers as well, I know that's one of the topics as well. What's the differentiation between what makes an icebreaker good or what makes an icebreaker bad? I feel like you have to take a step back and analyze your team before you can say that because if you've got a bunch of fun people you can do fun icebreakers but if you've got a bunch of new people and you're feeling them all out you kind of have to play it a little bit safe right so you can't say oh what kind of drink would you be if you were going to be a drink or what's the last meal that you could have on earth might be a safer option right you kind of have to take it and mold it to the group as you know them, especially if you're introducing one new person 
to that team versus setting up a whole new team. Yeah. So really what to avoid depends on a lot of scenarios, except for, don't ask me just a random fun fact about myself. I don't, I I don't, (laughs) I don't want to sit there and just be on the spot like I'm in third grade about to read for the first time, right? Mm -hmm. Like I I don't want to feel that way. I want something fun that's engaging and conversational. So, you know, one of the good ones I've heard is, what was the last TV show you watched? And do you identify with a character on it? And I thought that was really fun because you get people talking, say, you're referencing a TV show like The Office, and it's like, oh, you're a Pam or a Jim, or you're definitely Michael Scott, those type of things where you can say, oh, there's no way you're a Pam, you're definitely this, right? So you can kind of feel out people's personalities through those type of questions. Another example of one to probably avoid is making people do a project to come to this. So a PowerPoint slide with, tell me about yourself, put this together, do this. It's another to do, another task that is not a high priority to a lot of people. So that's definitely one that I would try and avoid. Even though it can be fun to see people's life in pictures, it's just one that just adds more to people's workload at the end of the day. Yeah, I think while someone might not want to feel like they have homework about themselves to bring to their new team, um, a certain level of preparedness or like ease of answer to a question also reinforces and strengthens an icebreaker. Like I can remember in an interview for a a school when I was in sixth grade, they asked me what type of vegetable I would be. And I had never been asked a question like that in my life. And I panicked because I was 12 and didn't eat vegetables yet. And I was like, oh, I'd be a carrot because that was the only (laughs) vegetable I liked. And then I was like talking to my dad afterward and he was like, oh, well, you know, carrots grow in the ground. They're strong. They're hardy. And he like had all these other things to say about it. And I was like, I just picked it because it's the only vegetable I like. Sometimes there's, you can't read into it. It's just a panic call because, you know, you could have said strawberry and that's not a vegetable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think having somebody feel competent in their answer without feeling like they have to rack their brain and come up with something like out there and really special and unique is is another way to inspire confidence. But I think what makes a, uh, and, and we echoed this earlier, I think what makes a good icebreaker is um, something that'll open the door to more conversation. So Mark, you said, what's a TV show you're watching? I love that one because I watch a ton of TV, but I've never been asked the follow-up question of like, what's a character that you identify with? That forces you to think a little bit more about it and opens the door to more conversation, which I think is really great. It's not just a never-ending list of show recommendations that people may or may not take. I guess that brings up a really interesting question of how we can be mindful of people from different backgrounds, whether it's cultural, whether it's seen or unseen abilities, people who may not necessarily have seen the same shows or listened to the same music. How can we make sure that we include people in some of these icebreakers? I think that's a really good question, Far. I think what I would also consider on top of being inclusive to those groups is just like different preferences and personality as well. And where my first thought takes me is, in my head, the first person who likes an icebreaker is someone who's outgoing and confident and interesting. And so for somebody who might be a little bit more reserved um, or introverted, they might do better in a smaller group. So instead of having a whole team icebreaker where all the eyes are on them, maybe working in pairs is is a little bit more inclusive for them and a little bit more their speed. Yeah, and I feel you right there because I want to be in the big group. I'm an extrovert, 100%. I want to be out there. And I, I don't like it when you get split into small groups because it limits 
the amount of knowledge that I can gain about everybody. And it also kind of puts more of a spotlight on those that don't know what they want to say. And a lot of those, hey, let's split into smaller groups, you have to come back to the larger group and then talk about somebody else. So it's like, hey, let's split the three of you into a group. And Alicia, you need to tell me three fun facts about Farah. And Farah, you have to tell me three fun facts about Mark and Mark, so on. So that's really where I have issue with that. But I understand the value in it. I know that, you know, we've talked about TV shows, but one that actually keeps showing up in the last, I, I don't even know how many meetings lately that leadership's come out and been talking. They've all been talking about books, right? So the last book you read, do you like it? And a follow-up here, because we all are different, is did you read it with your ears or your eyes? Meaning, you know, did you listen to it or did you actually read it? I'm a tactile person. I like to read it with my eyes. And that's just a different way to kind of frame a question in a new light. Mm -hmm. And then you also get never-ending book recommendations, which is great because you might be reading something that I've never heard of that Alicia loves. That's a like really great question to ask people of like, did you like going back to the concept of how do people learn? Are they auditory? Are they written? Are they verbal? Are they kinesthetic? Um, so that's a, that's a really cool way to ask people that question. I'll take that back with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hearing there's ways for icebreakers to be incorporated with diversity and inclusion to, to kind of cater towards different perspectives. I'm hearing keeping things uh, interesting for everyone that open the door for more conversation. We've talked a little bit about worst icebreakers that we've, we've encountered. Have you ever done an icebreaker with a colleague, a new teammate, whoever it might be, and been like, oh, yeah, that's my person. Like, we are going to get along so well. Or you just find out something completely unexpected about somebody that helps you see them in a whole new light and helps improve your working relationship with them or, or any type of story like that. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, been numerous times where I've learned that someone has something in common with me, which just helps us bond. So in the last year or so, it's been, hey, I didn't know you golfed. Let's talk about that. Or, oh, you're really into skiing? Well, let's talk about that. I've got a trip coming up. Or just little things that help, I think, solidify your network. And it's not necessarily like, oh, like, you're going to be my work bestie. But like, hey, we actually have stuff to talk about. So there's a little bit less of a lull in conversations to keep it moving. Yeah, I, I have a teammate who also likes one of my favorite musicians and we found this out and we became fast friends even though we're not necessarily in the same site but it's bolstered our uh, work relationship so much because we're able now to bring so much levity um, even from that virtual relationship and also just learning about people gives you such insight into how to like coach people how to mentor people and sometimes those icebreakers may not necessarily be done by you. They may actually be done by an intermediary who may say, hey, you and this person have this thing in common. Let me bring you two together because I think you could be friends or you could have like a good mentorship relationship. And I've had that a lot in my 10 plus years of being here. And it's a really cool way to be able to frame some of the advice that you may either give or receive to people because you understand certain parts of their background or um, you relate to things 
in a way that might be a little bit different than other people that they've interacted with. Yeah, I think that's really interesting and, and had a similar experience likely with the same musician that, <laughs> that uh, on somebody on my team. We are located in the same work location, so that's also made it a little bit um, easier for us to kind of bolster that working relationship. But it, that is interesting that you've been able to do that across different locations and kind of brings us to one of our next points is do we think virtual or in-person icebreakers are better or worse are they the same do they have positives and negatives on each side i don't know for me i think virtual sometimes helps me like google what someone is talking about on the side so i have more information and context but in person i'm definitely a lot more actively engaged you know you're nodding at someone you're making eye contact you're right there listening only to them and um so i'm not sure i think i'm divided on that yeah I, i have to go with divided there's definitely some pluses to virtual i feel like i would lean more in person because you can actually see their body language how excited are they about whatever they're talking about and you know, you can feed off of that energy to really grow, you know, your network or however you're in person, be it a large group or a small group. So I feel like it's better to really understand that person potentially in person versus virtual where you have the ability to check out a little bit when there's a bunch of boxes on your screen that you're just watching talk. Yeah, it would I would third that. Like I think there's definitely merit to doing virtual Um, virtual icebreakers because you have an opportunity to really get to know your teammates, some of your peers, some of your stakeholders, and again, just continue to try to relate to them. Alicia, I think like a great example actually was how we met. We had been virtual friends for, I want to say almost like two years before we met in person, but it was, you know, actually a third party who introduced us and we started talking about different icebreakers and now we became fast friends. So you know, I think it does go to show that like virtual relationships can translate into real life and translate into becoming stronger business partners, stakeholders. But there is definitely a lot of benefit to having those one-on-one interactions where you're not experiencing those micro inequalities, where you are seeing different um, pings from people, you're seeing different pop-ups, you're able to actually get that full one-on-one experience and interact fully with the person. I guess that's like an interesting point of like, you know, in a hybrid environment, especially when some people may be in the office, some people may be co-located, some people may not be in the office at that time. How do you manage to build relationships and to have breakthroughs in getting to know people who may not necessarily be co-located with you? Yeah, that's that's really tough. And I think part of that is just managing your own expectation of what the experience is going to be. You still need to bring the energy, bring the noise, and be your authentic self going through it. But you know, with tech issues or anything else, it might not shine through. And you can still use that to go off and have those other conversations like we've talked about. Like, I think you said you were interested in this TV show. I've never heard of it. Let's talk about that later. And you can just follow up. And and I think that's really where you're going to have to hit on is either virtually or in that hybrid model that follow-up's just going to be the key. Like, I think I heard you say this, but, you know, Jody laughs really loud and I couldn't hear over you. Maybe not that example, but something of that nature where it's like, there's a lot of noise going on and I really want to find more about this video game that you play or you know it sounds like your kid might be the next Shohei Tani, right? I don't know, but 
it could be something really cool to find out about. Do you have any um, tips as well, Alicia? Like, I know that you're a really good connector, both virtually and IRL. I uh, virtually or, or like the difference for me between being 100% remote or virtual and being hybrid is sometimes uh, I have like really terrible facial recognition, <laughs> like truly so, so awful. Um, but I'm really good with names. And so for me, all of that gets reinforced when I'm seeing people on Zoom, when I'm, you know, on conference calls with them and, and I'm at home. And then sometimes I'll go into the office as a hybrid employee and I'll see somebody walk by, uh, like literally today I saw somebody walk by who is my sister's manager. And I had to double take for a second to be like, hmm, I think that's him, but I'm not quite sure. And so in a Zoom call, his name would just be under his little box and that's easy for me to identify. And I'm like, oh, of course that's him. Uh, but then in, in real life, sometimes that's a little bit harder for me. And, you know, in person, I do find it very easy to connect. I'm not sure that I think it's harder to connect virtually um, about like personal topics. It's just some of those more minor details that sometimes escape me. I know I also um, go through that in-person anxiety, that social anxiety of like, I'm pretty positive that that's that person, but I also don't want to deeply embarrass and shame myself. <laughs> like, how do you manage that? Or like, do you have any like tips on like what you'll... Today, I simply asked my manager if this person was who I thought it was. <laughs> and she said yes. So I was correct, uh, which was great. Uh, but I didn't say anything until after I was sure. <laughs> so you went over and introduced yourself and had a little icebreaker moment there? Yeah, no, I, it was recently his birthday. So I, Perfect. you know, we, we made a quick personal connection. It was, it was great. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that that is an important part of, of navigating the hybrid uh, environment. And something that my team did in person at one of our offsite meetings, um, which is not necessarily an icebreaker, but it was a cool activity. It was, um, it was called the best of me. So each person wrote down like a couple of fun facts. I know we just said that those are <laughs> so annoying, but they did, we, we compiled a couple of fun facts and, and nothing overwhelming too. Like I'm talking three fun facts and you put a picture of yourself and then somebody printed all of them out and we put them on a wall. And during our downtime in the offsite, uh, we had little sticky notes and everybody would go up as, you know, we had breaks and add some onto each person's little sheet. And so at the end of this meeting, I had this little sheet that had all these like really nice compliments about why somebody likes working with me or how my personality is, is great to work with or um, fun to be around or what types of qualities that they value. And it was just like a really nice way to connect because while people may think those things very regularly, I find that often it feels weird to express it and maybe even weirder virtually to be like, hey, I really love how you run that meeting. Or I really think you're so positive and so great to be around. Like you really bring the energy every time that we're meeting. Like sometimes that can be a little tricky to find the confidence to say that in person to somebody. Um, like I really like how you ran that meeting or you always bring the energy or you're so fun to be around. Like sometimes that can feel a little awkward to say in person to somebody and some just like, virtually sometimes there's even less of an opportunity to say it so I think that having like a dedicated time where everyone was focused on doing that and then having that little takeaway piece at the end that has all these really nice things about you it was a really nice collaborative team moment that wasn't necessarily an icebreaker my we don't have very many new members of my team right now so we all know each other kind of well but it was just a really nice activity similar to an icebreaker 
Yeah, they don't all have to be icebreakers. Yeah. I remember um, I did do a, a non-icebreaker icebreaker with um, with my team, but it's not necessarily the team that I work with every day. It's just part of my bigger project area. But we were a smaller group, and as we kicked off our week-long project that we were on, we started out the day by doing this essentially like a trivia they'd give you essentially like a google maps image of like somewhere and you'd have to figure out where this location was so like the team would be looking at the signs and they'd be like oh i think this is in hungarian oh this is in icelandic so okay and then you have to try and guess where on the map it was so it was like really interesting because everyone was like gathering their context clues they're like this looks like this time i went on this vacation this looks like this time that i traveled here oh this looks like this language no it doesn't um so it was i I think the existing team non-icebreaker icebreakers are also incredibly valuable definitely you got your icebreakers and your nice breakers and i think that's (laughs) that's about it you know pretty similar to it so in summary icebreakers don't have to suck You want to start off by making sure it has a purpose. What is the meaning behind this? You don't want to put everybody on the spot all at once. You don't want to give them too much time, but you also don't want to overwhelm them with a lot of things to do. You want to make sure that you're not giving them a bunch of homework. You don't want to push projects on them, give them stuff to to worry about later. And really importantly, you want to be inclusive, be cognizant of other people's backgrounds, seen and unseen disabilities, and know your people. And this is just a way to get to know those people. You've got your existing team, and then there's also first time meeting people. There are activities that you can do, and they can be fun or they could be terrible. It all depends on you and your attitude. Thanks for tuning in to Side of the Desk. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you for listening to the Side of the Desk episode, and thank you to a recording studio and editors who make our episodes possible. For more information about working at Fidelity, check out fidelitycareers.com.